the information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, prevention, diagnosis, counseling, treatment, or other services. Always consult a mental health professional before engaging in any activities discussed in this podcast. Thank you for listening. Have you ever wished for magical powers? Do you still await your Hogwarts acceptance letter? Well, welcome to Hogwarts. You are magical. And this is your invitation to join us in exploring the psychology behind the most magical series, Harry Potter. Welcome to Harry Potter Therapy. Hello, all you magical people out there, and thank you so much for tuning in to Harry Potter Therapy. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time witch. Today we are exploring Chapter 14, Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback. In this chapter, we see more examples of Harry being compassionate to even quarrel as other people make fun of his stutter and things like that. What does this say about Harry and what makes him different from others? You know, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, Harry understands what it's like for people to be different in one way or another. He's been picked on by the Dursleys for a decade. And to an extent, he's still being targeted for being different by Draco, by Snape, by certain others. And so when he sees somebody being picked on or made fun of, whether it be Neville or Quirrell, he is likely to go out of his way to be extra nice and supportive. And I think that it's very common when we ourselves have experienced some kind of a difficulty, we might be more compassionate toward other people who are also going through a similar kind of difficulty because we might understand firsthand what they're going through. At this point in the book, exams are only 10 weeks away. The Hogwarts students are under a lot of pressure to study, especially Hermione. She puts more pressure on herself than anybody, and she's clearly anxious about her exams. Look at you, playing your cards. Pathetic. We've got final exams coming up soon. I'm ready. Ask me any question. All right. What are the three most crucial ingredients in a forgetfulness potion? Forgot. And what, may I ask, do you plan to do if this comes up in the final exam? Copy off you? No, you won't. Besides, according to Professor McGonagall, we're to be given special quills, the witch with an anti-cheating spell. That's insulting! It's as if they don't trust us! What does this say about students and school pressure? You know, I see a lot of students, especially high school students, with test anxiety or social anxiety or generalized anxiety disorder, people who are really struggling with their exams, even though they're actually straight A students, very smart. But for a lot of individuals, there's this idea of getting the perfect grade and the anxiety sometimes becomes so overwhelming 
because students believe that if they don't get the perfect grade, that they will lose their chances of getting into a good college and getting a good job. So I think sometimes the students put this kind of pressure on themselves, and oftentimes this pressure comes from teachers and parents. One way to work on that, I think, is taking the pressure off of ourselves to have the perfect grade and working toward showing what we know, demonstrating what we know. Another technique to prepare for tests is practicing mindfulness in terms of breathing exercises so that we're able to allow our body to self-regulate, to reduce that extra adrenaline response, and to allow our brain to function a little bit better so that we can concentrate more on what we need to do. But also, to an extent, the kind of anxiety that a lot of students experience can also be helpful. Research shows us that too much anxiety to the point where students are having severe panic attacks is of course not helpful for studying, but also too little anxiety is not helpful either. A moderate amount of anxiety can actually motivate us to study and can allow our brain to function at its optimal levels to remember certain materials. So to a degree, we don't want to get rid of anxiety, we just want to learn how to manage it to make it work for us. I think remembering that we don't have to take the anxiety away, we can utilize it as a, as a memory tool, can actually be helpful when we're getting ready for exams. So anxiety can be some sort of superpower. Absolutely, or a magical ability. Oh, I love it. So in this chapter, we meet Norbert, the adorable Norwegian Ridgeback baby dragon. And of course, Hagrid has always wanted a dragon. Uh, Hagrid? What exactly is that? That, it's, uh, it's, um... I know what that is. Hagrid, how did you get one? I won it. Of a stranger I met down in the pub. Seemed quite glad to be rid of it, as a matter of fact. Just a dragon. That's a Norwegian Ridgeback. My brother Charlie works with these in Romania. Hagrid is so compassionate towards animals and he becomes immediately attached to Norbert and refers to himself as Norbert's mummy. Isn't he beautiful? Oh, bless him. Look, he knows his mummy. <laughs> Hello, Norbert. Norbert. Yeah, well, he's got to have a name, doesn't he? Don't you, Norbert? What is it about small baby animals that makes us want to take care of them? I think this is our biology. When we see babies or baby animals, our bodies produce this oxytocin response. So oxytocin is this hormone that gets released in the our body. Hormone. Yeah, it's a love hormone, cuddle hormone, trust hormone, and it makes us go, oh, and it makes us want to take care of this small, innocent being. And when we do, our body is flooded with endorphins. We feel great. Basically, our brain and our body rewards us for taking care of others. 
And if we see a small little being suffering and if we don't take care of it, our body actually produces more distress. So it's interesting that our body produces almost like a punishment hormone, a punishment response. If we see someone else suffering, especially a, like a small being, and we don't take care of them, but we feel good and we feel rewarded and warm and almost ecstatic if we cuddle a little baby animal, like a little baby dragon, a baby kitty, a baby puppy. Um, so I think that with Hagrid especially, being a big guy already has perhaps maybe a heightened caretaking response. That a when bigger he, heart. <laughs> he, he certainly does. He, he seems to have a really big heart. You know, I don't know the size of his heart, like <laughs> a physical size of his heart, but he is almost pre-wired to take care of others. He is very compassionate. And when he sees some kind of a fantastic creature, fantastic beast of some kind, a, a little baby dragon, he naturally wants to take care of it. He wants to protect it and he wants to become a caretaker. That's what makes him feel good and that's what makes him feel love. The interesting thing about this chapter is that, yeah, Norbert is this cute little baby dragon. It is a dragon. And it is dangerous when it comes down to it. It can breathe fire at that age. It's kind of like rattlesnakes. Baby rattlesnakes are almost more dangerous than adult rattlesnakes because they don't know when to stop injecting the poison or mm -hmm. whatever. And in this case, it's a, a small baby dragon. And in fact, Ron gets bit on his hand and it, it gets infected and he has to stay in the hospital. And the children are trying to convince Hagrid that this is not a good idea. This thing is growing too fast. It's going to grow out of control. And it is a dragon. It's a dangerous thing. I guess what I'm going to ask right here is what could it be said about something that you love and you're blind to the dangers that it might present? Ooh. Ooh. Well, you have to be trained up a bit, of course. Yeah, I think that's a great point that sometimes we might be so blinded by wanting to take care of certain beings, whether it's animals or perhaps children that we might not notice when they're misbehaving. A part of it might be that we are so enamored by them that we are maybe biased about their behavior and a part of it might be that we might be scared of having a bad relationship with them. For the Dursleys, for example, we see that very much when they fail to discipline Dudley. Perhaps to a similar degree, we're seeing Hagrid not training Norbert to not breathe fire, for example, but allowing Norbert to essentially do whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. He's not a dragon tamer, unlike Charlie, who is. Charlie knows how to handle dragons and Hagrid doesn't. He just really wants one. And so I think, unfortunately, in situations like it, well-meaning people who don't have the experience of how to train certain animals, for example, might actually do those animals a disservice. And this is where having, in cases of humans and dogs, puppy classes for dogs, or in this case, maybe dragon classes for Norbert would be helpful, or better yet, putting Norbert in an environment where he can get adequate care, which is what ends up happening in the book. In fact, Hagrid himself is the one who recommends Charlie, Ron's older brother, to help. An interesting situation happens where Malfoy observes the group in Hagrid's hut with the baby dragon. 
Who's that? Malfoy. Oh dear. The thing about Malfoy is he wants to tattle and he wants to get them in trouble and what I want to know is what makes someone tattle like that and seemingly enjoy tattling as much as Malfoy does? I don't think it's just about tattling as I think it is about Harry specifically. I think that for Malfoy, who is so preoccupied with getting one over Harry, he wants to do anything he can to have Harry be in trouble or be kicked out or be put down so that he can make himself look better. I think that he constantly sees Harry as a threat, not because that's actually true, but because Harry gets the attention that Malfoy is used to getting. Mm -hmm. And I think as a result, Malfoy is willing to use any means like the Slytherin that he is to hurt Harry so that Harry will be less of a threat in his eyes. And that includes tattling. And regardless of other people that might be hurt in the wake of his. Yes. And even regardless of his own potential well-being, too, because he himself breaks school rules and, and gets in trouble, too. Well, Malfoy isn't the only one who seems to enjoy getting other people in trouble or punishing children at this school. At the end of the chapter, Filch catches Harry and Hermione out of bed and not Ron. You know, he's in the hospital wing because he got bit by Norbert. Why do you think that Filch enjoys torturing students and seeing them get into trouble? Oh dear, we are in trouble. So we don't quite know this at this point, but later we learn that Filch is actually a squib. Yeah, which he's non-magical. He's non-magical. So his parents were magical and Filch isn't. And he's trying to take magic lessons, but unfortunately he just doesn't have it in him. And I imagine that like Petunia, Filch also feels really left out. He is seeing all the students learning magic and all the professors being able to use magic, but he himself is stuck being the caretaker in the castle. I think that he is bitter. I think that he is really hurt and really bitter. And I think he's also terrified of anyone finding out his secret. So I think the only way that he makes himself feel better is by trying to get other students in trouble, perhaps because he feels useful this way, or perhaps it's the only way that he feels empowered since he doesn't have actual magical powers. So he can punish people who are magical and that makes him feel better? Right. That's very interesting. So this is how this chapter ends with Filch and Harry and Hermione, and he's like, you're all in trouble now. So I guess this is where we'll go ahead and leave off on this episode of Harry Potter Therapy. Again, my name is Dustin. You can find me on Twitter at The Valiant Geek. And I'm Dr. Janina Scarlett. You can find me on Twitter at Shadow Quill or on Instagram, Dr. Janina Scarlett Official. And also a few updates for you. Harry Potter Therapy is now available on Amazon in English, Spanish, and German. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Stay magical out there, everybody, and thanks for tuning in.